Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, This is a fascinating story, and uh, I've been following this story for a long time, and uh, we've talked about it many times uh, on the show, and usually it's centered around the opioid crisis. And whether you know it or not, but the majority of the opioid that comes into Canada and kills Canadians, especially on the West Coast, is from China. It's from a small remote area of China and they just pump this stuff out and and ship it over to the West and and basically kill our citizens. Uh, and, and this is how we, we first stumbled upon this story out West because obviously when there's big sales of drugs and such, money has to be laundered. And there's been suspicion for many years that uh, B.C. has been a hub for money laundering uh, from China and the fentanyl industry coming into Canada and such. Uh, And now there is a new report out uh, again, just adding uh, another angle to all of this. Um, And, you know, the report I'm reading you from now, this is a headline from Global News, report finds $5 billion laundered through British Columbia real estate in 2018. So, again, many have questioned why British Columbia, especially Vancouver's real estate market, has gone through the stratosphere. Uh, People in Vancouver, people in British Columbia cannot afford to buy homes because the price of real estate there has just absolutely skyrocketed uh, in the last little while. And now this, uh, this new report, an expert panel looking into money laundering in BC's real estate market found an estimated $5 billion in dirty money laundered through the province And the housing market since 2018, they figure that this is jacking up the prices of homes artificially by at least 5%. And this is just this year alone. Uh, Let's bring in Richard Zussman, online journalist based in British Columbia and, uh, and of course, uh, doing a lot of work on this and has penned this this column that we're seeing on Global News. Report finds $5 billion laundered through BC real estate in 2018. And Richard is with us now. Richard, thanks so much for the time. This is a fascinating issue with many tentacles. Uh, It has lots of tentacles, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. And it's not just British Columbia. You know, what this report found was that we're seeing money laundering happening uh, not just here, but across the country, to the tune of estimates of $47 billion Canada-wide. And it's not just in the real estate market. It's in luxury cars. Uh, it's in casinos. It's in high-priced pianos. It's in high-priced jewelry. So it's one of those things where the provincial government here in B.C. is flummoxed with how to fix it. There are a lot of fingers being pointed at lawyers, at real estate officials, as well as at uh, the former provincial government and the federal government as well. And so it's one of those things where people here in B.C. are just shaking their heads. They can't believe it that because of criminal activity, you know, homes that are already unaffordable have become unreachable for so many people, uh, in part because of this criminal activity that has gone unchecked for so long. And there was, I think you had it in here that that in in one situation, one person had purchased like 1,200 properties? Yeah, so this is one of these things. They describe these shopping sprees where they look through the purchases of these properties and there's not a lot of um, cross-referencing or investigations going into, you know, who are these people that are buying the homes? They put down names that, you know, trophy wife or student um, that doesn't identify, you know, who they are or what they do or where they got the money. And the report describes in one case, millions and millions and millions of dollars being purchased in a short period of time by a student 
15 properties in one condo building uh, now worth far more than they were purchased for. And it's one of those things where there just wasn't any um, strength from enforcement to crack down on this. It's hard to believe that people didn't see this coming. There would have been transactions, cash transactions, real estate transactions, legal transactions, watching, as you mentioned, these millions and millions of dollars in, in housing shopping sprees take place, and nobody reported those as suspicious. And if they did report them as suspicious, nobody at the other end went and investigated it. Nobody was arrested because in many cases, these are the proceeds of crime being used to purchase property and take that dirty cash and clean it so that it can be used once those homes are sold for other uses involved in criminal activity. It's just this cycle that's never-ending, and the ball has been dropped on so many levels. Uh, You said this is moving across the country. Is this from the same source, the same groups doing this? Uh, It's unclear who it is, and this is part... Both Maureen Maloney, who wrote the expert report, as well as Peter German, who has now done a number of reports, they had very little access to federal data, to enforcement officials in terms of getting information. So what they were able to do was just use publicly available sources to have a best sense of estimating the damage. And so it's unclear exactly how many people are involved in terms of the criminals, but the numbers are just staggering, right? Like closing in on $50 billion in laundered money in one year. And the question is, what are the authorities going to do to try to stop it going forward? And your reporting said that uh, it's believed that 95% of this is linked to Chinese organized crime. Is that accurate? Yeah, so that's a big part. And Sam Cooper, who's been leading the charge in all this reporting for Global News, has, has uncovered a whole whack of information around, you know, who are these people? Where does the money come from? And a big part of this are these Chinese triads, these gangs, who are using Vancouver's port basically as their ATM. You know, in many cases, they buy these luxury cars, they put them on a cargo ship, goes over to Asia, they sell the cars there for more than they bought them in BC, and then they ship the cash back. And that cash then works its way through the system. There are some private mortgages that are purchased. Uh, They also try to legitimize that cash, and then they put that into the housing market as well. And a lot of that is linked to Chinese gangs and Chinese crime. The other part of all this is our country has been swept by this opioid crisis, nowhere more than in B.C., but everywhere in Canada is feeling this in terms of deaths um, because of drug overdoses, and a lot of it's linked to this drug fentanyl. And these crimes, uh, these criminals are heavily involved in fentanyl as well. And so, you know, it's not just our houses are becoming more expensive, but people are dying mm. in part because of these allegations around this criminal. Is there a reluctance to say where this is coming from? Is there uh, a, lo- a reluctance to identify to this as, a chi- as Chinese crime, organized crime? I think, you know, through the reporting that Sam and others have done, I think it's pretty clear where this is coming from. I think there are Uh, clearly concerns. We hear this all the time around perceived racism, and this is just a Chinese problem. I think this is a Canadian problem that needs to be solved by Canadian law enforcement, and I think they uh, need to do a better job at gathering the data and understanding that data and then going after these bad guys. You know, I think it would be unfair to say the federal government doesn't want to catch them, but it is fair to say that they have uh, failed Uh, to use the information they have and to use the enforcement tools they have. In some cases, 
there are no enforcement tools. In the port alone, they've withdrawn the police force there, which has opened up the door to laundering. There's also issues around designated police forces to investigate money laundering in B.C. Basically, there are no resources doing it. So all of those are failings of the federal government is, uh, you know, B.C. continues to try to put pressure on them uh, to fix the problem. All right. Report finds $5 billion laundered through B.C. real estate in 2018. That's the column by Richard Zussman, online journalist based in B.C. legislature for Global News. Richard, great reporting. Thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Let's bring in uh, Maureen Maloney. She is the chair of the B.C. expert panel on money laundering in real estate and a professor at Simon Fraser University. And she is with us now. Maureen, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Scott. How did this whole thing get started? How did this whole investigation come about? Uh, actually, I, I think uh, great credit is, is due to, as I just caught the very end of your conversation with uh, Richard Zussman, I think a great credit is due to uh, Sam Cooper and many other intrepid reporters in BC who have done some great investigative reporting and really put uh, money laundering uh, in BC, but particularly in Vancouver, really on the map, I think, in the public minds. So that to the extent that people really felt they had to pay attention to it. And it started first with Dr. German's report on how much money laundering was happening in our casinos in British Columbia, but then it was clear that it was a much bigger issue than people had thought, and that's why the government set up two uh, different independent reviews to look at different areas. Um, Dr. German looked at some of the issues that Richard Zussman was talking about, about organized gang activity, and he also looked at luxury cars and horse racing, whilst uh, the expert panel that I chaired was looking at specifically uh, money laundering in in Canada, BC, and particularly the real estate market. Uh, I'm going to ask the same question to you that I asked to Richard. Um, Is there a reluctance to say where this is coming from? Uh, His reporting has said that that 95% of this is linked to organized crime coming out of China. Um, Our data, although we didn't look at that question uh, in particular, but our data shows that, that... probably the most flow of international money on money laundering is coming from the U.S. Now, our our data is not great in that because the problem is that China doesn't have very good data that we compare their inflows with other countries like the U.S. that has much better reporting to the U.N. on criminal crime statistics, etc. So it's hard for me to say that, and we didn't actually investigate it. Uh, How has this affected the average citizen in B.C.? Well, I'm really glad you asked that because although our, our mandate was really just for real estate, one of the things that I really wanted to uh, bring out in our report, and I, I think the panel did too, was that why money laundering, money laundering matters to, to the citizens. And it matters not just for housing uh, pricing, which we do, did find it does make a difference, and clearly that's a huge issue in BC, but it matters for social, economic, and political reasons. Um, if, if you make your province or your country easy to money laundering, you're attracting more criminals. If you get more criminals, you're clearly going to get more organized crime and more corruption. And also it exacerbates the drug problem that we already have. And we already have way too many deaths, very sadly, from fentanyl in this province as we do elsewhere in the country. It also distorts the economy as legitimate businesses cannot compete with tax evading criminals for either buying businesses or for buying commercial land. It undermines the rule of law particularly when trusted professions like lawyers and accountants and realtors um, may be enablers for the money laundering to take place either unwittingly or wittingly because a lot of money can be made there. It also affects uh, housing affordability that, that we digged into much more. And also, and I think importantly, because 
certainly if you read the international press these days, it's really distorted BC's and Canada's international reputation as a place where money laundering takes place on a, on a regular and quite a pervasive basis. So the world is aware that we're a laundromat for this stuff? Uh, unfortunately, uh, yes. So it's become, well, particularly Vancouver, has become known as the Vancouver model, which is where you know very little regulation exists, very little prosecution exists, and so, um, and with our very high house prices, it's a very attractive place for money launderers to come. Uh, considering the impact of house prices, considering the impact that that fentanyl and, and opioid overdoses have made. Uh, uh, have had, rather, on, on British Columbia. Uh, um, are, are we naive to think that uh, this is not all related? Are, 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 are Canadians aware how much of all of this is linked to, to, to fentanyl and, and to the underground economy and to organized crime? Uh, I don't think so. I'm hoping that uh, these reports will make that uh, linkage much more important, and that's why I wanted to start out thank you for your question about why money laundering matters, not just to house prices. I mean, it really is an extremely important issue for our society, not just BC. The one point I also want to make is it's a Canada-wide problem and in each province, including Ontario. Uh, how, how is this allowed to happen? Just not proper regulation in place, uh, the bad guys ahead of the good guys on this? Uh, I think it's a, a number of uh, confluences coming together. I think it's partly the housing market was growing so great and so many people coming to invest in I, I can really speak better to BC than to the rest of the country, but I'm guessing there are similarities elsewhere, and particularly in the Toronto market. People were coming to invest in BC. People were happy they were coming to invest. People turned a blind eye to whether or not that was investment of criminal proceeds or whether or not it was legitimate investment. I think the economy was doing very well. House prices hasn't gone up astronomically then. And I think we sort of turned a blind eye. I think the fentanyl crisis, although it hasn't been linked sufficiently to money laundering yet, I think has started to make people wonder about it. And also, as I mentioned, uh, um, Richard was one of the people, there has been some fabulous uh, reporting in BC on money laundering that really has, I think, educated the public in a way that uh, has not happened before. But I think we had no idea, we, including the politicians, I'm assuming anyway, had no idea of the extent of the pervasiveness of money laundering, but they must have had some inkling that money laundering was taking place, and it is quite shocking that we didn't put in any regulations or step up our prosecutions. So how does the province or country handle this now? Can we catch up? Uh, well, that's the hope. I think uh, both our reports, and, um, and we'll see to what extent they get uh, implemented by the Ministry of Finance in our case and, and the uh, AG's ministry in the case of Dr. German's report. But uh, I think it shocked people. We, we came up with probably, uh, our panel came up with probably the best estimates so far of how much money laundering takes place. And certainly I think it has just shocked uh, certainly people in BC, but I hope elsewhere too as to the extent of money laundering. We use relatively conservative efforts on our model, and it's a, an economic and a mathematical model that is used uh, in Europe in particular. And so for Canada, we estimated in 2018 that $47 billion was laundered in Canada. For mm. BC, $7.4 billion of that 47 was in BC. And we estimate for real estate that $5.3 billion uh, went into the real estate market. Now, they are staggering numbers. And how long do you do you estimate this has been happening? I mean, the numbers you're giving here with the five billion, these are 2018 numbers alone. No, these are 20. This is more or less a constant. We did uh, we did the, the first time series too from uh, 2011 to 2015. 2011. We stopped, in, 
yeah, 2011 to 2015, but it certainly was going on before then. It's just that that's when the best data started having for comparable data. So uh, we, we've certainly heard, uh, obviously, the fentanyl and, and, and the real estate and, and all of this it, it can be linked in some way. Obviously, we're still waiting for, for solid proof of that. Uh, we're aware that China produces most of the fentanyl that is consumed here. Uh, that's where it's coming from. Um, what does this do to um, Canada? We do know that, uh, that a lot of the uh, laundering money does come from drugs. There's no doubt about that. The yeah, world over it, that it's, the, it's the drug industry that's laundering this money. Well, so drugs, it, fraud, corruption. Yeah. And, you know, you think about this, a double-edged sword. Uh, as you mentioned, this is keeping housing prices artificially high in British Columbia while it's killing them at the same time. Uh, we know where China-Canada relations are now. Is there? Does China hold a responsibility in any of this, or is it up to Canada to protect its own people? Uh, I think first and foremost, well, I think everybody has a responsibility, and I, I would hope that China would think that they have a responsibility too, but clearly the the responsibility at the moment, given that they have these two reports, uh, that lies with the, the BC government and the federal government. However, I, I don't want the rest of the country to think that this is a BC problem. I think everybody thinks it's a BC problem because we've had better reporting about money laundering in BC. Mm. And it's become more of an issue internationally about BC being money laundering. But we ran in our report from, we, we did figures from 2011 to 2015, and we divided Canada into six regions. We divided it into Ontario, Quebec, BC, Alberta, the Atlantic provinces and the prairies that we counted as Manitoba and Saskatchewan, so six regions. Now, we applied our same model. It's not perfect because it's a country model, so some indices became more important than others. But when just in 2015, which is the last year we had comparable data for, Alberta was the top place for money laundering at 8.2, hmm. and BC was fourth. Everybody has a money laundering problem in this country, and people are just not recognizing that. Wow. And again, as you mentioned, because BC is getting the headlines and getting the reporting done, everybody assumes it's all there. Uh, Maureen Maloney has been with us, the chair of BC's expert panel on money laundering and real estate and a professor at Simon Fraser uh, University. Report finding $5 billion laundered through BC real estate market in uh, 2018 alone. Great work. Uh, Thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated, Maureen. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.